Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the scriptures for this weekend, we hear about the importance of prayer and how prayer lies at the very heart of the spiritual life. In the gospel, we see a typical day in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus gets up early in the morning and he goes off to a deserted place to pray to the Father. Now, I know I've said this before, but prayer is indispensable. If we truly want to grow in the spiritual life, we have to be people of prayer. Daily prayer must be an essential component of our lives. Now, sometimes people will come up to me and they'll say, Father, I feel like I'm in a spiritual funk or a spiritual malaise. The first thing I'll always ask them, you know, do you pray every day? And they'll say, no. And I say, well, that's part of the problem. You know, I, I think I've given you that story of Pope John Paul II, uh, in which he was celebrating Mass at one of the World Youth Days. And a young teenager came up to him and said, you know, Holy Father, what must I do to increase or strengthen my prayer life? John Paul II, without even missing a beat, said, take the time. Take the time. That's what we have to do each and every day of our life, just like Abraham did in the first reading and Jesus did in the Gospel. Now go to the first reading. We hear Abraham praying to God. And it's very interactive, interactive discussion that he's having with the Lord. In the Gospel, the apostles asked Jesus to teach them to pray, just like John's disciples were taught. I was on a retreat just a few weeks ago, and one of the things that we talked about, my spiritual director and I, was the importance of prayer. Now, it was interesting. He gave me four principles that will make our prayer effective. And what I want to do is talk about each and every one of them. Now, the first principle for effective prayer, we have to pray with faith. Now, upon hearing this, you probably say, well, that's ridiculous. That's the reason why I'm praying, because I have faith. Well, when we read the Gospels, if you look at Jesus, especially when he heals people, right before he heals a person, he'll always ask them, do you believe I can do this? Well, what he's trying to do is he's trying to touch their faith. Why? Because he knows if they truly believe with faith that can be cured, then they will be. Remember that classic story in which Jesus goes back home to Nazareth, and it says he was unable to perform many miracles there because of their lack of faith. So why does God need our faith? Well, our faith, you could say, opens us up. Faith is the window to our soul, and it is there that God essentially creates a link to us. You know, if we basically close that window to our soul, we don't have faith, then how can God have the power to grant our prayers? He can't. Again, while I was on retreat, one of my classmates told me this great story in which 
When he was finished visiting his parishioners at the hospital, he was about to leave the hospital, and a man grabbed him. And he said, Are you a Catholic priest? And he said, Yes, I am. And so the man proceeded to tell him about his wife's condition and how grave it was. And then he asked my friend if he could go to the ICU and pray for his wife. Well, my friend did it. Now, my friend said that as he was praying over the woman, he felt the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, overwhelm him. And then he could feel that power flow through him and into the woman. And then several days later, afterwards, the woman began to recover from her illness. And so faith, faith in the power of God is a powerful conduit that we have to plug into. How does Jesus, you know, teach the apostles when he teaches them to pray? With faith, first and foremost. But notice he teaches them what we refer to our prayers of the Our Father. Now, he says, Father. So, we address the Our Father, Our Father. But also, we have to realize, when Jesus is teaching the apostles, he's speaking in Aramaic. So, the Aramaic word that Jesus uses is Abba, or Daddy. It's a term of deep affection, knowing that we will receive what we ask for. You know, we should always ask. We should always approach God, you know, in some ways like a child, the openness of a child. And what's the problem? Well, when prayer doesn't work for us, well, we start to lose heart. You know, when a child doesn't get what they want, they become frustrated, right? Well, what we have to do is, you know, guard against that frustration. Pray with faith. Then the window of our soul will always be open to receive God's grace and answered prayers. The second principle for effective prayer, forgiveness. In the gospel, Jesus says to the apostles, you know, when you stand and pray, be sincere. And if you have a grievance against your father or anyone, your brother, forgive him, lest your father in heaven might not forgive you. Well, we have to recognize our prayer in order for it to be effective, we have to be able to forgive. We cannot bear or hold grudges. Again, go to Matthew's Gospel. Jesus says, you know, when you bring your gift to the altar and you remember your brother has a grievance against you, go leave the gift at the altar and settle the grievance against your brother. Well, if we harbor grudges and reconciliation is or seems impossible, What we have to recognize is that grudge, whatever we bear, blocks the flow of God's grace. Why? Well, God is love itself. Well, if we harbor grudges, that's exactly the opposite of love. Therefore, the grace of answered prayers are blocked. Now, I'm not naive to the fact that many of us, at some point in time in our life, have felt an injustice, have felt that we've been slighted or hurt, And so we hold on to those hurt feelings. We can't let them go. Well, if that is the case, well, then what we have to do is kneel or stand before the crucifix. When we gaze upon the crucifix, there we see the greatest injustice that ever happened. Jesus Christ, innocent, betrayed by his apostles, and yet forgives them after the resurrection. And so we have to be able to forgive. If we do, then nothing blocks the flow of God's grace in answered prayer. The third principle that makes our prayer more effective, persistence. You see this up and down the Bible. 
know, people are persistent in their prayer. Well, just look at the first reading from Genesis. Abraham is persistently asking God. It's kind of like that kid in the back seat of a car after a long car ride. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's what is happening with Abraham. He keeps asking God, well, you know, God, if you find just 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you destroy it? God says no. Well, wait, God, what, maybe 45. What about just 40? What about just 30? Well, what we see here is Abraham is persistent. He's persistently asking God. Well, we too have to be persistent. Sometimes our prayers aren't answered right away. So then it begs the question, why? Why does God make us wait? St. Augustine gives us a great answer to this complex question. He says, God makes us wait for our prayers to be answered because he wants our hearts to be expanded enough so that we're able to receive all the good and all the graces from that answered prayer. Now, suppose God answered our prayers right away, always. Well, after a while, we really wouldn't appreciate those answered prayers. If anything, we would take them for granted. But we pray. We pray for days and weeks, months, even years. And during that whole time, God is taking our heart, and he's pulling and he's stretching our hearts, so that when that prayer is answered, our hearts are ready to receive all the grace and all the blessings of that answered prayer. And so we have to be persistent. We can't give up. We pray for days, weeks, months, maybe even years. And during that time, God is expanding our heart effectively enough to truly appreciate that answered prayer. So be persistent. Finally, the fourth principle that will make our prayer effective, pray in Jesus' name always. You know, when you listen to the prayers throughout our Mass, you know, we always conclude our prayers, we ask this, through Christ our Lord. Now, why is this? Well, when we pray in Jesus' name, essentially we are aligning our prayer with the prayer of Christ. Everything that we are asking for in that prayer is exactly what Jesus is asking for too. We are orientating ourselves, our will, to the will of God. Now, if we pray, Lord, I pray that I may win the lottery tonight. Well, you can ask that, but that's not in line with God's will. God doesn't necessarily want us to win the lottery. Or you could say we cannot serve both God and manna. Or you pray tomorrow, Lord, I pray for vengeance against my enemies. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, again, that's not in line with Jesus Christ or his will. Christ promoted peace and not vengeance against our enemies. And so we must pray in the right spirit, align our will to the will of God. That's why in the Lord's Prayer we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, we have aligned our prayer and our will to the will of God. And so these are four, you could say, principles to make our prayer more effective. First, pray with faith, knowing that our prayer will always be answered. We pray with forgiveness. You know, remove all those obstacles to prayer. Pray with persistence, never give up, and pray always in the name of Jesus Christ, orientating our heart, our mind, and our soul to Christ. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.